Buenos días. Soy Mateo Prince y es un placer estar con ustedes esta mañana y compartir la palabra de Dios. Good morning. My name is Matthew Prince and it's a pleasure to be here this morning with you and to share God's word. Before becoming a military chaplain, I served as a pastor and missionary, in fact, with a second-year seminarian, Michael Tanny, in Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. And during that time, we had a lot of short-term mission groups from the United States that would come down, and they would help us with our vacation Bible school. They would help us with the construction of our church and preschool or sports camps, or eye clinics, or prayer walks, or evangelism. And they would spend the whole entire day working with native Puerto Ricans. And then in the evening time, Michael or I would take them to interesting spots on the island and share an evening devotion with them. And so on this cold January morning in 2010, if only in your minds I would like to take you to Rincón, Puerto Rico, where the wind feels warm on your skin, where you hear the waves of the crashing along the beach, where you see up in the air beautiful seagulls flying over a lighthouse. And I have a question for you this morning. What is the purpose of a lighthouse? Now, we all know the answer, do we not? But because we're Lutherans, we don't talk in church. But it's not a rhetorical question this morning. What is the purpose of a lighthouse? Help me out. To guide ships. Because we know that without the light, there is certain destruction. The ship could run aground. Property could be damaged souls could perish. Without the light, there is certain destruction. We all know this very well. In fact, going to a room that's unfamiliar to you, what's the very first thing that you do? There you are, groping in the dark for that light switch, right? Because you know that bad things happen in the dark. You bump your head, you stub your toe. In the beginning... The Word of God said, let there be light, and there was light. You see, there is a connection between light and life. Put a plant, any plant, in a darkened room, and it grows toward the light. Go on patrol with Marines in the city of Ramadi, Iraq, at night. And they know that it's a bad thing if the enemy sees you before you see the enemy. And so they wear night vision goggles because we know that there is a connection between light and life. In this world, there is a battle going on. A battle between good and evil. A battle between God and Satan. A battle between light and darkness. Perhaps I can explain this battle a little bit better through a story. It's one of my favorite stories. 
And I hope you enjoy it. Once upon a time, there was a spider. Now, this wasn't an ordinary spider. In fact, he was the biggest, baddest, meanest spider in all the land. And he knew it. You see, he had attitude. He walked with his chest puffed up, with all eight arms dangling like he was the spider. And everywhere he went, he spun the silkiest, the stickiest, the glossiest webs that have ever been spun in all of spiderdom. And in those webs, he would catch all kind of flies and morsels and butterflies and insects. And when it was lunch or breakfast or dinner or snack time, the biggest, baddest spider in all the land would leap onto his spider web and go down to where those tiny insects were struggling. And the more they struggled in his web, the more they became entangled. And the biggest, baddest spider would rub his spidery hands together and laugh his spidery laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And one by one, he would devour those caught up in his web. There was only one problem with his tranquil existence. You see, the biggest, baddest spider lived in a tree next to the railroad track. And every morning when the sun arose, the train would go by. The web would break. The insects would fall to the ground, the breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks, and the big bad spider in all the land got mad. He got so mad that one day he got up on his spider phone. I don't know if you have a spider phone, but he did. And he called all of his spider buddies together, and he says, I have got to destroy that train. And all night long, feverishly, they worked, spinning the silkiest, glossiest, spideriest web that's ever been spun in all of spiderdom. And when the, when the wind was just perfect, the biggest, baddest spider in all the land leapt from his tree on one side of the track in the air to the tree on the other side. And back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, they spun the silkiest, strongest, spideriest web that's ever been spun in all of spiderdom. And the biggest, baddest spider in all the land thought to himself, Aha! I'll place a special seal on the web to make it as strong as possible. And then he took one of his spider buddies and he said, You! You stand here. And he said, Yes, sir. And he took one of his spider buddies and he said, you, you stand here. And he said, yes, sir. And the biggest, baddest spider in all the land placed himself in the center and awaited the destruction of the train. When the sun rose in the morning, he could see the smoke of the train as it approached. As it grew closer and closer, he could feel the vibrations of the track. As it grew closer still, he yelled to either spider buddies on either side, 
the destruction of the train is upon us. And he rubbed his spidery hands together and he laughed his spidery laugh. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, that train never even slowed down a bit. Those spider buddies on either side, like they weren't even there. That special seal that he placed on the web like it wasn't even there. Pilate said, go. Place a guard on either side of the tomb. Place a special seal on that rock. You make sure that no light enters into that tomb. But Easter came. Jesus arose. Light shone into the tomb so that the disciples could see that Jesus was not there. You see, in the story, the biggest, baddest spider in all the land the devil. And the train? Like it wasn't even there. Jesus Christ. The text says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not understand it. But dear friends, in Christ, you understand the light. You get it. Not because of anything that you have done, but because God, the Holy Spirit, has placed the light inside of you. It's not like a foreign language that you don't understand. You understand it. But still, Jesus comes to people and they don't recognize Him. And that's the problem in this world. That's the battle that's still going on. That there are souls that are headed for eternal damnation because they do not have the light. I want to take you a moment back to that beautiful lighthouse. You remember that lighthouse? The text says, there came a man, his name was John. He himself was not the light, but came as only a witness to the light. John, not the light. You are not the light. Matt Prince is not the light. And thank God Almighty that we are not the light. Because I don't know about you, but there's an awful lot of times that I feel inadequate to be doing and standing in the place of God. So my question is this, what part of the lighthouse is John? What part of the lighthouse are you? What part of the lighthouse are those who witness to the light? This morning I would suggest that you and I and John are the mirrors. And just as the moon reflects the sun, so too we reflect the sun, S-U-N. 
the Son of God who came back to life on Easter. Mirrors get dirty from time to time. And so we gather together and we hear the words of the pastor say, I, as a called and ordained servant, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God will use you and let your light shine. He uses chaplains to minister to those that are in forward places by sharing that word of absolution. He uses missionaries to baptize small children and hand to a parent a lit baptismal candle as a reminder of the life that is now in that child. He uses pastors like you in the future to place in the mouths of His people His flesh. Oh yes, we have beheld the glory of God. The One who came from the God the Father, full of grace and truth. God has won the battle because of Jesus in His name. Amen.